I want us to turn our Bibles to the book of Isaiah 43. We are going to read verses 19 to 21. Isaiah 43. We are going to read verse 19 to 21, but we will begin from verse 16. I'm reading from the New International Version. And if you found it, say Amen. I'm going to wait. If you found it, say Amen. You are there now? Okay, let's go. Isaiah 43, we'll read verse 16 to 21. Let's read it together. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland, to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Was I reading alone or you were reading as well? You were reading? So I was hearing myself. Hallelujah. The month of June has been declared the month of new season and new levels. That's actually the theme for our fasting and prayer which begins on Tuesday. New season, new levels. A bit of the background um, in the, from the book of Isaiah that we read this morning. The reason I wanted us to read from verse 16 is that verse 19 is building on what God says in verse 16 to verse 18. And uh, the story there basically is talking about what God did in the lives of the children of Israel as they came from Egypt to go into the land of Canaan, the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. Every time the Lord declares a word in your life, I want you to understand and know that there is going to be a battle. Because the enemy doesn't want you to walk in that which God has declared that you should walk in. So, before the Lord speaks what he wants to speak to the children of Israel in verse 19, he wants to give them an idea of what he has done before. So, he says... This is what I say to you. There was a point in history 
when what seemed impossible I did I made a way for my people through the sea and even as the waters were raging I decided to create a path for them to go through the mighty waters and when Pharaoh and his chariots were following them, the chariots and the horses and the army and the reinforcements that had come to attack my people, I myself attacked them. And they are lying in the middle of the sea, never ever to rise again, they are extinguished and they are snuffed out like a week. So he says, because I have done this thing before and because of what I'm about to do in your life, I want you to forget everything else behind. I want you to forget the former things and I don't want you to dwell anymore in the past. Because if you dwell in the past, it's going to be a challenging journey for you to proceed to where you are going. Hallelujah. So he says, see, I am doing a new thing. And this new thing is already springing up. Have you not perceived it yet? And in the way that I made a way through the sea... I am now at this point making a way for you in the wilderness. They went through the mighty waters. They went through the sea. You are going through the wilderness. And because I made a way through the sea, I am also going to make a way for you in the wilderness. Hallelujah. And even though you have come to a land where you are so thirsty and the scorched land, you are about to die of thirst. It looks like there is no hope. I am going to bring in streams of water. And he says, I have done these things. I'm, I'm going to do these things not only to you. Because I've already done them to the jackals. I've already done them to the wild animals. And because of what I've done for them, they actually do honor me. Because I do provide water for them in the wilderness. I do provide streams of water for them in the wasteland. So in the very same way, I will give a drink to my people. For a very simple reason, because I chose them. They didn't choose me, I chose them. And I want to say to you this morning that you did not choose God. He is the one who chose you. Hallelujah. He says the people I formed for myself. That they may proclaim my praise. So, in case I forget, I just want to tell you that that's what God is going to do in June. Hallelujah. But he's going to do it to those who are going to come before the Lord and pray. When a word is declared, it can be for everybody, but it's those who catch the word. That that thing happens in their lives. 
So we are going to meet Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, 5 p.m. here and pray until 6. Wednesday we'll meet, Thursday we'll meet, Friday we'll meet, 5 to 6 p.m. and pray. On Saturday we are going to meet here at 7 a.m. to 8 o'clock. We'll pray. Then on Sundays, we'll preach only for 30 minutes. And then from half past 8 to around quarter past 9, we are going to pray. Hallelujah. Last December, I'll give you just a bit of the history. Last December when we came to the Lord and went into fasting and prayer, the Lord spoke to us right away from day one that in this year, we are going to experience plenty and we are going to experience progress in our lives. And I can testify that I've seen that. And one of the things that the Lord spoke to us over and over again last year in December was that there's going to be restoration. Hallelujah. And I look back and I see the restoration of fortunes or restoration that is taking place in people's lives despite COVID-19. In spite of everything else that has happened with COVID-19, we have actually seen God restoring his people. For others, he has restored them back to the walk they used to have with him so many years ago. Hallelujah. Others, he has restored them into employment. Others, he he has restored so many things. And there's one thing that I've been saying God to God, Glory be to your holy name because you watch over your word to perform it. So when when I got the theme for June and I began to read these verses, there's one word that has been coming to me over and over and over. I'm going to put it in two words, but actually it's been about visitation of the supernatural which I have called supernatural visitation. But it sounds, for me, it sounds better in the word I said it earlier. Because that's the way it came. Visitation of the supernatural. So God is saying, as, as I bring you into a new season and new levels in your life, there is going to be visitation of the Supernatural. And I want to unpack that word a little bit this morning. Because that word has been imprinted on my heart. It's been imprinted on my spirit. So our sister Rose was preaching some Sundays ago. And she took us to the book of Hebrews. And and there was one thing she asked us. Because it's very easy to to lift up your hand on a Sunday morning. And say, yes, I'm going to do it. She asked us, how many of you are going to go and read the book of Hebrews? And I think many people lifted up their hands. So I went back to the book of Hebrews. And when I went back to the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 1, in this one, the Bible says, God, who in various times, 
and in various ways in the times past spoke to our fathers through the prophets. Then in verse 2 he says, but in these last days he has spoken to us through his son. Hallelujah. He says he has spoken to us through his son. And then as you carry on to verse 3, it begins to unpack who this son is. So I want us to go to Hebrews. He says, whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the worlds. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. So he's basically saying Jesus is the exact representation of the father. And upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged out sins. Sat down on the right hand of the might on high. Majesty on high. Having become so much better than the angels. And as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than them. And there are a few things there which I want to point out. First thing I want to say is that God always speaks. Hallelujah. God always speaks. If you don't hear God speaking, it's not his problem. It is your problem. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says he always speaks and these last days he has chosen to speak to us by his son. And this son is the exact representation of the father. And this son is so much better than angels. And, and he says, and has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than the angels. In Proverbs 18.10, the Bible says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. And I want you to know there is still safety in this day in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 9 to 11, the Bible says, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. And I want to say this morning, there is no other name which is higher than any other name than the name of Jesus. So it says, and that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. So as you carry on in verse 5 to verse 14, of Hebrews chapter 1. The, the writer of Hebrews begins to talk about the supremacy of Christ. And high, how highly exalted Christ is above the angels. But then as you come to verse 14. I want you to listen to this. What the Bible says about angels. It says. And, and, and I quote that word. In the middle of this. This visitation of the supernatural. So I got this word. 
from there. In verse 14 he says, listen, he says, uh, talking about angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister. Now, if you check in your Bible, the, in my Bible, there is a very small word which changes the context altogether. It says, to minister for. To minister for those who will inherit salvation. It does not say to minister to. You know, ministering to and ministering for are two different things. It says to minister for those who will inherit salvation. So, when I read that word, I began to search about angels. Because it was kind of a bit weird. So I started searching about angels. Why, why are they being sent to minister for those who inherit salvation? Why, why are they doing that? So I did a bit of research. And research actually shows that angels are mentioned in scripture almost 300 times. And when I saw that they are being mentioned in the Bible almost 300 times, then I said, I think I need to pay attention to this. And as I read, I discovered that actually angels appeared to a number of people, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. So they are not an Old Testament thing. But most of the times, they appeared to people both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament in the times of desperate need for the people. When the people were in greatest need, the angels appeared. And they, they, they always seemed to come into view in a moment when someone is about to give up their faith or has they reached a point of hopelessness? And I started asking myself, I think maybe I haven't yet reached a point of hopelessness. That's why they haven't come. But I can actually tell you, when I read that word, I kind of say, I think, I, I've shared with you a story. Which I actually believe. I was ministered to. By an angel before. I think I believe. So, I was driving from Lilongwe to Mzuzu one time. I got to Kanengo. The car, I parked and then I went into the shop to buy some water. And then the car, after I came back into the car, the car couldn't start. So, I called my mechanic. My mechanic came, went to his garage at Malangalanga. And when we went there, he fixed the car, but I could only start from Zuzu around 4 p.m. Thereabouts. And um, you know, I drive very fast, so I was driving very fast. And I overtook a lot of cars because I was going to Zuzu. But it still became dark on the way. 
So I'm in the middle of uh, I've, I've gone past Chikangawa. I'm now heading towards Mzuzu. And now it's just the trees all over and it's uh, after 7 p.m. I think I have hit a portal. So I hit and the tire on the in the front on the left burst and the one at the back on the left burst so now i've got two tires that are burst and i don't know what to do and in the middle of that i see a man on the right side of the road he's collecting firewood and he puts it on the bank this is in the middle of the forest and me magdav piri who has no clue about tumbuka that day i spoke to him sbwen nasuzi and the guy says i actually heard Resting on the car as you were coming up here. And then he says, But do not be afraid. You are with me. All you have to do is drive the car, be driving the car on the wheels. Everything's going to be okay. I'll be walking on the other side and nobody's going to attack you. So he walks with me for about one kilometer. until we come to where they select sawmills there some sawmills there so we we turn there and he's the one now speaking to mbuka so he goes he talks to the guys in tumbuka to allow me to leave the car there and the people say no so he says no don't worry so we walk back to the road and says okay you just park the car here you know anybody here? So I say, yes, I know somebody in Jesus called him, so I called him. And the people say, okay, you know what? We are coming to help you out. So the gentleman speaks to me and says, uh, here you are safe. Nobody is going to attack you. Here you are very, very safe. I will go ahead. You'll meet me on the way. So I said, oh, okay, thank you very much, sir. What is your name? The guy gives me a name that I can't remember. Do you have a phone number? He says, no, I don't have a phone. He says, okay, but because after this is done, I want to call you to tell you that everything is okay. He says, unfortunately, I don't have a phone. Okay, but where can I find you in Mzuzu? And the guy tells me, oh, around the market. Those are exact answers he was giving me. Around the market. says okay since they are coming to help me fix the car i will meet you on the way and i will tell you that i'm okay so you know that's fine you're going to be safe you're okay so truly the other guys come within 10 20 minutes the guys arrive they bring a very big jack they lift up the car they remove the tires put them in the back and then they put the other tires they brought me two new tires two not new four tires they put them on the car we begin to drive towards Mzuzu 
I'm telling you, we drove from there. And my eyes were checking on the side of the road. I never met him again. I drove, we went past the roadblock. I checked, I couldn't see the man. I got to Mzuzu. And I begin to think, no, me, I was driving. He was driving a bike. And I think I saw an angel. Amen? So, in Genesis chapter 16, and we're going to read a lot of scriptures. In verse 7, the Bible says, Now the angel of the Lord found her, talking about Hagar, By the spring, by a spring of water in the wilderness. Wilderness. I want you to take note of that. Found out by a spring of water in the wilderness. By the spring on the way to shore. And he said to Hagar, Sarah's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? Where are you going? So that's a question to you. Where are you going? She said, I am fleeing the presence of my mistress Sarai. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are with child and he shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has heard your affliction. He shall be a wild man and his hand shall be against every man and every man's hand against him and he shall dwell in the presence of his brethren. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees. For she said, have I also here seen him who sees me? Therefore the well uh, was called Birahai Roy, observe. It is between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abraham a son, and Abraham named his son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abraham. My eyes were called to verse 13. It says, Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees. And, and I felt the Lord speaking to me and say, like, in this month of June, some people will come out of the month of June and they will declare this thing and say, after all my affliction, after all I have gone through, after the wilderness experience, after when I, when I thought everything I have is about to die, I can testify today, you are the God who sees. Hallelujah. Because he says, have I also here? There is always a place called here. I, I don't think there are many churches that will be fasting during the time we'll be fasting. So he says, have I also seen here him who sees me? I'm not sure what season of life you are passing through right now. But some of you may be going through a very desperate moment. 
But God is saying, as you seek me, as you seek me, I will send an angel to appear to you the way an angel appeared to Hagar. Hallelujah. He says, he says, I'm going to do that. Now, before you think they are going to appear like this man I met in Shangawa Forest, I want to give you some stories a bit. Number one, angels are heavenly beings. And they are very, very often invisible to this human eye. In Colossians 1.16, the Bible says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. So they are invisible. But when we come to Genesis chapter 18, and I've told you I'll read a lot of scriptures, they actually do appear sometimes in human form. Let's go to Genesis 18. Then the Lord appeared to him by the terebith, terebinth trees of Mamre, as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him, and when he saw them, sometimes they'll appear to you as men. Hallelujah. They will appear to you as men. You may actually think it's Pastor Sunga when it's not, when it's not Pastor Sunga. Amen? So he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree and I'll bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by inasmuch as you have come to your servant. They said, do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it and make cakes. And Abraham right, ran out to the head, took a tender and gold ca good calf, gave it to a young man, and he hastened to prepare it. So he took butter and milk and the calf which he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree and as they ate. And you would actually think that because they are eating, they are human beings. Let's carry on. Then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? So he said, here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And you know, these things are being spoken after Ishmael is born and Sarah is thinking, I'm, I've been written off. There is no hope. There is absolutely no chance that I can have a child. And some of you, you are in that kind of situation today. Whereby you think it's over for you. Nothing good will come out. All those that have come before you and after you, they have overtaken you. And for you, you have come to the conclusion nothing good, absolutely nothing good will come out. And, and, and then he says, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. Sarah was listening in the tent door which was behind him. 
Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. And change, I want you to understand, when the Bible says she had passed the age of childbearing, it means she had passed the age of childbearing. She was actually even beyond menopause. Hallelujah. She was beyond menopause. That's what the Bible says. She has gone well beyond the age of childbearing. There, and no wonder in verse 12, Sarah laughed. Because this is sounding too good to be true. It's more or less like telling the Lord, please don't lie to me. I have been lied to so many times. Verse 12. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? And this is a word for somebody seated in here this morning. Is anything too hard for the Lord? The challenge is you have seen so many hard things and you think everything is too hard for the Lord. Hallelujah. At the appointed time. You know what? For all of us, there is always a time called the appointed time. And God will never do anything before the appointed time. And he will never delay beyond the appointed time. There is always an appointed time. Hallelujah. It says at the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it saying, I did not laugh for she was afraid. And he said, no, but you did laugh. So sometimes they appear in human form. And sometimes it can be like Brother Alipo, like Pastor Macduff. I, I was laughing yesterday, we were ministering somewhere. And one of the, the pastor there says, Pastor Macduff may not remember this. It was around 2002. And uh, we were in college. He had come to minister. And when he came to minister, he pulled me out of the group in there. And he said, the Lord is telling me. That's what he told me that I said. I can't remember. He says, he says I said, the Lord is telling me that you will shepherd his people. And truly, truly, there is a blessing. He says, I've clung to that word. Amen. There was one time, I can't remember where, many was that in June when, when, when the Lord gave us a word in, in church uh, for you and, and he said, I, uh, that one I can remember small. Because I think that day the Lord actually spoke. He says, tell us men, in 10 days. And truly, truly, the Lord did it. So sometimes it can be like a human being is telling you a word and you're thinking, ah, pastor, you have lied before. You told me things before. They never happened. And now you're telling me this. Please just stop lying to me. But as long as you have life, God has a purpose for your life. There's always an appointed time. You may think I'm growing old, time is going past and the like. You know, there are people, one day I was speaking here in church 
And I was speaking to someone and I said, you know, there are other people who have been married at the age of 45. And the young girl said, Pastor, that's not encouraging. And then I laughed because how many of you know Naomi Campbell? You know, I know some. Do you know Naomi Campbell just had a baby girl? And she's 50 years old. And you are 28 and 32 and 34 and 40 and 45. And you think you can't have a baby. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Sometimes they appear in their true form. You read it in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 1 to 14. I'm not dwell there. But the Bible says that they are sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. And apart from delivering messages, they also fight spiritual forces. Often angels fight battles against the fallen angels of Satan called demons who seek to destroy and cause division and wage war upon souls. Every time I see a division in a church, I know it's not the spirit of God. Actually, no, these are demons. So sometimes I can speak things like those and people think, oh, Pastor McDuff, as long as you cause division, it's not the spirit of God making you to cause that division. Anybody who will come and cause division in your marriage is not being sent by God. Hallelujah. So in Ephesians 6, 12, the Bible says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I want you to tell you something, church, this morning. There is more that is going on in life than what we can see. You haven't seen anything yet. So the Bible adds, in Psalm 91 verse 11, for he will command his angels concerning you. Concerning who? Somebody speak to me. Concerning who? Concerning who? The Bible says, for he will command his angels concerning you. And watch the word. To guard you in all your ways. Hallelujah. And I want you to know, sometimes... The most desperate times of need in our lives arise from spiritual battles. And spiritual battles have to be won in the spirit. The battle always has to be won in the spirit before it manifests itself in the natural. The challenge is some of us are backslidden. We are no longer in the presence of God the way we used to be. In the presence of God. Two names of angels appear in the Bible, explicitly mentioned in the Bible. I'll quickly go through them so that I can dwell on a few things. Gabriel is mentioned in Luke one twenty six when he was sent to go and mean, uh, speak to Mary. Luke one twenty six, And the archangel Michael is mentioned in Daniel 10 verse 13. So at least we've got two names. So far in the Bible, I have found those two names. Gabriel and Michael. 
But then, as you carry on to check about these things, you actually do find that the, the angels appear, uh, they seem to indicate that there are also types of angels that do exist. Number one is the archangels, as I did mention about Michael, as the chief angel. And then there is the cherubim. The cherubim, you find it in Genesis chapter 3 verse 4. After Adam and Eve have sinned, the Bible tells us that he had to send an angel. The cherubim, they had to go and guard the way to the tree of life. Hallelujah. So you hear about that. They were placed right in front of the garden of Eden. So that Adam and Eve don't go back there. We are told about the cherubim. And then we are told about the seraphim. The seraphim, you find them in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 to 2. And they are actually known for one thing, praising God. When you read Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 to 2, they are known about praising God. There may be other categories, but these three are the ones that I have found explicitly mentioned in the Bible. The cherubim, the archangel, uh, uh, Michael, and then you have told about the seraphim. This morning, in the time that we have, I just want to share with you, I think I had about 11, 11 instances, both from the Old Testament and the New Testament, when angels appear to people in critical moments of their lives. For some of us who are not found in the presence of God, when we say it's time to pray, it's because you have not yet come into a critical moment of your life. When the day will come, you will seek God. Number one, angels appeared to Lot in Genesis 19, verse 1 to 6. And the reason why they appeared to Lot was to rescue him from Sodom and Gomorrah. Some of us in the church today, we need rescuing. Hallelujah. When God had decided enough is enough, and it's time to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because they have become so corrupt. You know, I find it to be nonsense when in the church today, we can actually accept homosexuality. It has not been allowed in the body of Christ for a long time. Ever since God was God, he is never... Actually, Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed because of that. We are going to read it. Hallelujah. Uh, but, but in the midst of the depravity of the world, God decided, I will rescue Lot and his family. So what God does is he sends two angels, number one, to warn Lot to leave the city before God wipes it out. That's number one. And there are times when, when actually somebody can come to you and warn you about something. Unfortunately, because we are backslidden, we actually hate the people who come to warn us. Hallelujah. Lord obeys, but after a great deal of hesitation, I always marvel how people are so hesitant to come to God, to seek the Lord, when the answer for everything in life lies in Christ. So he hesitates, as many of us do. When a word comes, sometimes we say, is that God? Maybe it's not God. Just because we are backslidden. 
to the point that the angels literally had to hold the hand of Lot for Lot to escape just in time. So let's go to Genesis chapter 19. Genesis 19. And I'm going to read verse 1 to 16. I'll read it very fast. Now, the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lord was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lord saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Hear now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. And they said, No, but we will spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly, so they turned to him and entered his house. Sometimes you have to insist strongly because you may think it's just a man. Hallelujah. Then, then he made them a feast and baked and living bread and they ate. They are eating again. They are eating again. Sometimes you give food to people you don't know you're giving to an angel. I had a guy who appeared at the door of my house the other week, within the week. He looks very shabby. And he says, I'm so and so. And then I almost wanted to tell you, but I shut my mouth. And he says, and you can't The Lord just said, get Panadol, get maize flour. I went inside the house, got Panadol, I got maize flour, I went to the gate, I give him the business, and But one thing I know, you do things like this to people. The Lord, at a certain point in your life, he sends people to minister to the children. And I'm no man I would do You think about yourself and yourself only. So he gives them bread and they eat. Now, before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house and they called to Lord and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. That we may sleep with them. So Lord went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind him and said, Please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. See now, I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. And they said, stand back. Then they said, this one came in to stay here and he keeps acting as a judge. Have you ever heard people saying saying this nonsense? No, we can judge you. If we will judge angels, who are you, mere man? Hallelujah. Now we will do worse with you than them. So they pressed hard against the man, Lord, and came near to break the door. 
to break down the door. But the men reached out their hands and put Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And and they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they became weary trying to find the door. Then the men said to Lot, have you you anyone else here, son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and whomever you have in the city, take them out of this place. For we will destroy this place because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lord went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, whom he had married his daughters, and said, Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy the city. But to his sons-in-law, he seemed to be joking. We say some things to people, and we sound to be joking. When we say this world is about to end, it sounds as if we are joking. When we say walk in holiness, it sounds as if we are joking. The word of God sounds to some people as if we are joking. Hallelujah. When we say our salvation is nearer than when we first began, it sounds as if we are joking. When we say come to the Lord, it sounds as if we are joking. When the morning had dawned, verse 15, the angels urged Lord to hurry, saying, arise, Take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, whilst he was hesitating to go, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters. And the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass, when he had brought them outside the city, that he said, escape for your life. Do not look behind, no, do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. They sounded like men. They sounded like men. I was ministering yesterday to people. And I, I read the scripture in First Peter, whereby it says, Husbands, deal with your wives with understanding. That it may be well with you. So that your prayers are not hindered. And, I, and, and the Lord gave me a word and I said, There are some men in this room. Your business, nothing is working in your life. And it's for one simple reason. You are not dealing with your wife with understanding. And I want to say it here today. Those of us who are married in this house, I want you to check the way you live with your wife. Because until you do that. Hallelujah. You, you can pray, you can fast, you can do whatever we do. And we are going to the month of fasting and prayer. I can assure you, we can come out of the month of fasting and prayer and things will become worse and worse and worse and worse for you because you are not obeying scripture. I speak as a servant of the Lord. I don't want to say I speak as an angel because I'm not. Hallelujah. Just watch out. Amen. Angels appeared to Jacob when he obeyed Isaac. And you know, obedience is not out of fashion. When he, obe- when he obeyed Isaac, when Isaac told him, don't marry any of the daughters of Canaan, go to Padan Aram to get a wife. 
And on his way to Padanaram, the angels appeared to him. Genesis chapter 28. Genesis 28. Time is running very fast, man. 28 verse 10. The Bible says, Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he, he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head and he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth and its top reached to, he- to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending. Hallelujah. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give it to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth, you, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south, and in you and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is no other than, none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob arose in the morning, early in the morning, and took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of that city had been loose previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way, what I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. Hallelujah. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. That's a tithe. We tell you give tithe. Ah, he's just joking. Hallelujah. And, and, and the Bible says, the man says, I didn't know the Lord is in this place. Sometimes you come in this place and we tell you the Lord is here. Say like, ah. And your hand. Is what has led you to where you are. Amen? So he says, I didn't know. Wouldn't it be nice for you to sleep in June? In the middle of sleep, you actually see angels ascending and descending, and the Lord is standing on top of the ladder, and he says, Me, 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 me. The word I spoke to you, it shall surely come to pass as long as you have. How many in this room want to hear God speak to them? How many? I know some of you don't. I'm telling you, the Lord speaks to Jacob. And you know, Jacob was a man just like you. There, been, there was a time, there was a, a guy in, in KICC. He was not living well with his wife. And I, I made up my mind that I'm going to go speak to him the following morning. And in the middle of the night, I didn't go to speak to him. He says, I've made a decision to destroy you, so don't go. 
kind of intrude the mind. Amen? And I'm telling you, some of you, you, you will have dreams in June, and those dreams will be the dreams that will completely change the trajectory of your life. Amen? He says, for this, he says, I didn't know how awesome in this place. You remember that song? How awesome in this place, mighty God. How awesome in this place, Abba Father. You are worthy of our praise. To you our lives we raise. How awesome in this place, mighty God. We will sing those songs here in June. You can stay in whatever awesome place you want to create, but we'll come and pray. And we'll sing to the Lord, how awesome in this place. And the Bible says, Jacob literally takes oil and pours it in that place. And you know what he's doing? He's setting up an altar. Genesis 32. Jacob, just before he meets Esau, he's about to come into a new season. The Bible tells us that Jacob wrestles with a man and gets a blessing. And his name is changed. And somebody in this house needs some change of name. You've cried enough. You have grumbled enough. You have complained enough. You can't remember the last time when praise came out of your mouth. Hallelujah. The battles have been too much. The only thing is I'm not sure whether you are ready to wrestle with a man this June for your name change. Genesis 32, 22. The Bible reads, And he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons and crossed over the ford of Jabok. He took them, sent them over the brook and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone. Hey, church, it's time to be left alone with God. To say, you know what, God? Is anything... You know, that word is anything too hard for the Lord. you find it again in the book, I think, of Jeremiah or Ezekiel. Is there anything, anything, anything too hard for me? There is nothing. There is nothing, nothing too hard for you. Hallelujah. So the Bible says Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him. This is more or less like a night of prayer alone. He touched the socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestles with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go. Unless you bless me. Jabez did it before. And the Lord blessed him. And Jacob is saying it. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of that place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Peniel, the sun rose on him and he leaned on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel 
do not eat the muscle that shrunk, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muscle that shrunk. Church, the month of June is the time to be alone with God. To say, God, I've reached a point in my life where by food, I'm not interested in food. I will eat in the evening. But for now, Lord, I'm weird you can be done. Because, you know, God says, come, let us reason together. His opportunity to reason with you. God has been waiting for you to come and say, Amboye, tiyenti kambirane. Hallelujah. Tiyenti kambirane. Fa uyuya kwenye kawudi, zonsi zaku tupinda yesa, sisi kuteka. Some of you, you have applied for jobs and jobs and jobs. Regret, regret. It's time to take all those regrets and say, God, let's discuss. Let's discuss. Let's talk. These regrets, what's happening? This lack of peace in my family, what's happening? This issue that I tried to do something, but when I am right on the verge of a breakthrough, something just happens. When we have already made all the mathematics and it looks like after all, it looks like that time, the appointed time that has been said and said and said is now. Then cool, gone. It's time to be alone with God. I say, Lord, let's let's talk. Because some of you may not know the misonzi, mukambazina, and no wonder you're still crying. And the Lord may say, I need to change your name. I need to change your name. Hallelujah. Number four. After so much oppression from the Midianites for seven years, that they would come and take away everything that the children of Israel have grown, including their livestock, to the point of leaving them with no sustenance. In Judges chapter 6 verse 6, the Bible says, So Israel was greatly impoverished. Because of the Midianites and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And church in June, we are going to cry out to the Lord. I was was telling myself, I said, God, we've been wanting to build and build and build for a long time. Why is it that we have not been building? Until I saw the budget statement passed. You know, they have said churches can import things duty free. And I'm like, ah, so you, you knew we were going to waste money. Hallelujah. You knew we were going to waste money as a church. And actually, we are one of the good churches in Malawi. We pay our taxes. We have got the paperwork. We'll bring it to MRA and we'll say, what else do you want? Give us 10 churches that do this. Give us the duty-free status. We want to bring material to, to build the house of the Lord. It should be on your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So then Gideon has an encounter with an angel of the Lord. Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. The rest of the story is I just tell you. Judges chapter 6 verse 11. Verse 11. The Bible says in Judges chapter 6. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine place 
in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Some of you, you have no idea how mighty you are before the Lord. All this time you have just looked at yourself as if you are nothing. Because of the seasons you have gone through in life. And God says you are coming into a new season. When the world will know you are a mighty man of valor. And you are favored of the Lord. Hallelujah. And, and I love it. He says, the Lord is with you. What else do we need apart from the Lord being with us? Gideon said to him, as we always say, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then is it that my husband is not changing? Why is it then that I'm not getting a new job? Why is it then that business is not flowing? Why is it then that my children are going wayward? Why is it then? Why is it then? Why is it then? Why is it then? Has it been seven years yet? Because this was after seven years. And where are the miracles which our fathers told us about? Saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now, Lord, the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall serve Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, Oh my Lord, how can I serve Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I'll be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Then he said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who walk with me. Do not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it up before you. Have you seen that Jacob did it? Have you seen that everyone else is bringing an offering? Hallelujah. And he said, I wait until you come back. So Gideon went and prepared a young goat and a living bread from the, an ephah of flour. The meat he put in a basket and he put the broth in a pot. And he brought them out to him under the terebinth tree and presented them. The angel of the Lord said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread and fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Now Gideon perceived. That he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is peace. To this day, it is in the offer of the Abyssalites. The Lord is peace. Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. Some of us, we really need peace. We really need peace. Uh, but the answer lies on the altar. The answer lies on the altar. Hallelujah. After Israel, number five, has suffered reproach for a long time. We are told in the book of Joshua chapter five, that soon after the children, second generation of the children of Israel was circumcised, the Lord spoke these words in verse 9. Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day. 
Some of you have suffered reproach for a long time. And the Lord is saying, I want to remove the reproach, but you love the reproach more. You love the reproach more. You love the reproach more. And because you love the reproach more, you don't want to come before the Lord. Let's go to Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. Verse 13, Joshua chapter 5. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or our adversaries? So he said, No. But as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. How many of you would want the commander of the army of the Lord to come and begin fight your battles? You have been fighting all this time. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said, What does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. As you go to Joshua chapter 6 verse 27. The Bible says. So the Lord was with Joshua. And his fame spread throughout all the country. Wouldn't it be nice that after God has done these things. That people will say. He's not just the God of Abraham. He's not just the God of Isaac. He's not just the God of Jacob. He's also the God of Tim. He's also the God of Foster. He's also the God of Emmas. He's also the God of Atupere. He's also the God of Joanna. He's also the God of Ezekiel. He's also the God of Charles. For what has happened in his life, there must be a God in heaven. Hallelujah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are accused by the Chadians. Nebuchadnezzar tells them in Daniel chapter 3 verse 15b that if you do not worship you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? There are people who speak like this. Who is the God who can come to your rescue? In verse 24 to 25, then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Hallelujah. I believe with all my heart. I believe with all my heart that some of us, will in this month of June be saved from fiery trials. Will be saved from fiery trials. To, to the extent that those who have inserted you and inserted your God, they will have no choice but to praise God. The devil is wicked indeed. Even after he saw the destruction of his cohorts in the case of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they accused them of things they had not done. He still goes ahead and comes up with a plot against Daniel. Comes up with a plot against Daniel. And we are told the king that signed a decree. According to the law of the Meds and the Persians. Which the Bible says does not alter. It says this law that the king had signed. 
It does not what? It does not change. There are people who will tell you, Inu, mungo and hawi. Tazuo na ifewe izizi. Dipa izizi, sisi mateka. Inu mungu jirokala oyamba. Eh, mungu oyamba. Hallelujah. Mungu oyamba. Inu, inu, inu. Sisi nga teke. Kwa inu yo inde, komanori kwa ineo. Hallelujah. To you, yes, but not to me. Because as far as I'm concerned, I have seen God before changing the law of the maids and the patients and do what only he, God, can do. Hallelujah. Daniel chapter 6. We are going towards the end slowly. I really wanted to finish in good time. But I want to say this to you. Daniel chapter 6, verse 18 to 23. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. And no musicians were brought before him. Also his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that the Lord, they should take Daniel up out of the den, so Daniel was taken out of the den, and no injury, whatever, was found on him, because he believed in his God. He believed in his God. No injury found on him. Some of us have been through accidents, and we have seen people die in those accidents, and sometimes even our very own car went somersault over ten so many times, and we came out, and then after we came out, no injury, nothing, and you cannot give glory to God. That was your lion's den, man. That was your lion's den. We've been through things. There have been moments in our lives when we have had I'm robbers that side. I'm robbers that side. I'm robbers that side. But only our house is spared. You've been on the road and you have actually witnessed an accident that just happened. And you see a dead person. That could have been your car. And the Lord delivered you from the lion's den. Hallelujah. And, and Daniel says, the, the, I love what the Bible says. The Bible says, and no injury whatever was found on Daniel. Because he believed in his God. Who is your God? Who is your God? This small mind of yours makes you think that's how God is. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Psalm 37, 34, 7, it declares, The Lord, the angel of the Lord, and comes all around those who fear him and delivers them. In Daniel chapter 10, verse 1 to 19, Daniel is visited by an angel again. He has been fasting for 21 days, but he hears nothing. And Daniel has reached almost a point of desperation, wondering what will become of his future. 
And as we are going to read the scripture, the Bible says the appointed time was long. At last, an angel appears to Daniel after many days of silence. And he tells Daniel, I was locked in combat with a foreign angel in Persia. And the archangel Michael, one of the chief angels, came to my head so that I could return to you and deliver a message. Deeply anguished, Daniel had lost most of his energy. And as the angel speaks to Daniel, Daniel's strength is restored. And some of you need restoration of strength. Hallelujah. Let's read Daniel chapter 10. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel whose name was Belshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long. How many of you received a message before and up until now the message hasn't come to pass? But who knows this could be the year. Who knows this could be the year. This June 2021, the year of plenty and progress. Who knows this could be the year. Hallelujah. And he understood the message. And had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth. Nor did I anoint myself at all. Till those three weeks were fulfilled. Now, on the 24th day of the first month. May it happen to somebody else on 24th of June. As I was by the side of the great river. That is the Tigris. I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen. The Bible says in Isaiah, he will send a man from a far country. Hallelujah. May some of you receive news from a far country. Whose waist was gilded with gold of fans. His body was like bell. His face like the appearance of lightning. His eyes like torches of fire. His arms and feet like burnished bronze in color. And the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. Imagine just one angel, the voice is like a multitude. What kind of demon can stand? And I, Daniel alone, saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision. But a great terror fell upon them. So they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone when I was... When I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words. And while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face, with my face to the ground. Joshua, face to the ground. Jacob, face to the ground. Gideon, face to the ground. When was the last time your face was on the ground? When was the last time? Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And, I, and he said to me, Daniel, oh man greatly beloved. Church, I want to tell you, you are greatly beloved by God. Hallelujah. Understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For now I have been sent to you. While I was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel. From for, the first, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, 
One of the chief princes came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. How many of you would want to understand what God would do with your children in years to come? Amen. When he had spoken such words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. And suddenly... One having the likeness of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to him who stood before me, My Lord, because of the vision, my sorrows have overwhelmed me, and I have retained no strength. For how can this servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? And as for me, no strength remains in me now, nor in is any breath left in me. Then again, the one having the likeness of man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, O man, Greatly beloved, for the second time, fear not. Peace be to you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened. And I said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. As we come and fast in June and pray together here, some of you, you walk out of this place strengthened like never before in your life. Hallelujah. Let me finish the, the two stories I'll just, I'll, the, the other one I'll just say. In Matthew chapter 1, chapter 4, verse 1 to 11. Jesus has been fasting for 40 days in the desert and he's weakened by hunger. And the devil comes to taunt him and to tempt him. To try to cause him to sin. And Satan perceives that Jesus has a need for food. And he tells him, Command these stones to turn into bread. But I want to say this. You know that the devil knows that there's a need for you to want to get money. You know that he knows that there's a need for money in your life. School fees, like some of us. Do you know that the Lord, the devil knows that there's a need for your life in your life right now to get money, to get fees? For things to be sorted out in your marriage and, and all sorts of things that I, I cannot mention. Jesus resists the devil's great patience, including the sweet talking and enticing to meet his physical needs. But as you read Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to 11, the Bible says, and minister to him. Some of us have gone through temptation after temptation. We have been tempted to have to be involved in corruption many times. But we have said we will not. And unfortunately, it has happened in moments when we really need money. All, all the time, these things happen when you really need money. When you really want to get when you really are looking for a job. I read a story in Mozambique and it broke my heart. There's some terrorists attacked one part of Mozambique and people had to go and be taken out, airlifted. And the people who are coming to rescue them, when they have got everything, tells them you need to pay. Some are paying $80. It says we had to bribe people to be lifted to It's wickedness. 
And in this life, you're going to meet wicked people. And the only thing that will make you stand their wickedness is is the angel of the Lord. That he will say to you, you are greatly beloved. Don't go this path. The last one, I'll just declare the story, but this one I should read. Peter is in prison in Acts chapter 12. King Herod had arrested Peter and and put him in prison. Previously, after this, he had arrested Apostle James and killed him. And when he had killed him, that decision was made with a lot of positive feedback from the crowds. So he was intending to do the same to Peter. But he was to do it after the festival of the unleavened bread had passed. Peter is in dire need and he is facing his imminent death. And he's in chains. And around him, he's under the supervision of guards. An angel appears to him and releases Peter out of prison. And the chains fall and makes Peter to escape from the prison. And through that, Peter escapes, averts premature death. And I want us to read in... uh, I want to read Acts chapter 12. It's because it's a very interesting story. The other one, I'll just tell you what had happened. But this is the last scripture. Acts chapter 12. I'm sorry I'm beyond half past nine, but I want to finish this because I want us to pray in June. Acts chapter 12. If you are there, say amen. Okay, let's just read it. I will, I will, uh, I will just read it quickly. So, Verse 5, I will begin from verse 5, I will not begin from verse 1. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to him, to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up saying, Arise quickly. And, he, and his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel of the Lord said, Gild yourself, tie on your sandals. So he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. May it be so with your life. When they were past the first and second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them on its, of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, He came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And and as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you are beside yourself. Yes, she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it is his angel. Now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, 
they were astonished. I pray as we fast in June and let the Lord send an angel that people will say, are you sure that this prison you are out of it? Because some of you, your marriage is a prison. Some of you, your job is a prison. Hallelujah. Some of you, you have gone through divorce. You have suffered redundance after redundance. Business opportunities have gone. It's for years upon years, you have been in prison. And Look at them. And the Bible says, when, when, when now the angel takes Peter out, Peter, even Peter himself says, I think I am dreaming, it's not real. May it happen to your life in this June that as we pray and fast before God, it will sound unreal and yet it will be real. Hallelujah. And I love it. Rhoda was so excited that even before opening, she runs inside. And, and the people tell her, and she says, Peter is at the gate. And says, ah, oh, you are beside yourself. And the people were praying, oh, they were praying for Peter. Lord, deliver Peter. Lord, deliver Peter. Lord, deliver Peter. And God delivers Peter. And Peter comes to the house. And they say, and say, and they say you are out of your mind. Let's continue praying. Lord, deliver Peter. He knew. He is at the gate. No, you are out of your mind. Let's pray about it. God, deliver Peter. I've told you, because of some situations, some of you may not fast. And I begged you, I have begged you, just come and pray. Just come and pray. Don't fast. Come and pray. Because for a lot of people, even during time of fasting, a lot of people don't eat. Don't, don't pray. They are just on hunger strike. The only prayer they pray is the one we pray at 5 o'clock. During the whole day, they don't read the Bible. Even in the morning, they don't even pray. So we are saying, come, we pray. Let people be astonished. You know, God is able to turn your life around in 24 hours. Let me finish the last story. And I want to say, one of the things I want to say here before I finish with the last story. Some some of us have been so many near-death experiences. And some of us, God has delivered us from premature death. And I believe God is saying, I need to deliver some people from premature death. Do you understand why God is still keeping you alive? The last story I'll just say, John is in prison in Revelation chapter 1. But as I was reading the story yesterday, I was amazed. Because according to the Tertullian, it says that John was banished to the island of Patmos. After he had been plunged into boiling oil in Rome and he suffered nothing from it. They couldn't see anything on him. So they took him and put him on the island of Patmos. And he had seen the temple destroyed. He had seen his brothers executed. And he needed a message of hope in difficult times. And the only place he received it was on the island of Patmos when the angels ministered to him. And he gave him visions which are in the book of Revelation. And I want to say these last words. I strongly believe in June, 
there is there will be encounter with the supernatural. There will be visitation of the supernatural in people's lives. Hallelujah. And some of us need a message of hope because of the times we are going through. The answer for everything lies in Christ. Hallelujah. So God is saying, see, I'm doing a new thing. It's springing up already. Can you perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland because you are my people. And I don't know if we are ready. If we are ready on this road. But on Tuesday, we are going to be here. We are going to fast. And we are going to pray. We will send out prayer items the night before. Even if you will not fast, pray. Because God will do what he has said. He will do. And the words are, is there anything too hard for you? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you for your word. Be glorified. Be exalted. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you brought the tithe, I